Okay, friends, um, introduction, series of three, and finally, part two. Um, Someday, I will have a more scheduled appearance of podcasts, Um, but right now, I'm just trying to show up in so many different areas, and it's super exciting, and it's super fun, and it's also a lot of, like, working through things, so... Um, I hope you enjoyed part one of my introduction to the three things that led me to understand food as medicine. And um, let me tell you, the first time I recorded, it left me quite jittery. So I'm hoping that I sound a little bit more relaxed this time. I'm just trying to show up um, raw and real and unapologetically authentic. Um... It is the human condition to grow through life and become cracked open from the experiences life offers and the choices we make. Tragedies are tough to navigate and often they are so much that we numb ourselves with food, drugs, alcohol, or a number of other choices that are out there to help our minds to drift from the present circumstance. We can also try to step into the pain, acknowledge, and learn to walk through it to the best of our ability. For me, it was the catalyst. The catalyst, actually, was the death of my dad when I was 43. Um, While I chose to numb for the first year of grieving, I also became increasingly uncomfortable with the choices I was making. And I had two little boys at the time, and I didn't like what they were seeing, and I didn't like who I was being. It took me a year after he passed to recognize how deeply I had spiraled into avoidance of my feelings. This was a process I set up for myself, though, inadvertently since the age of 12. Growing up in Aspen, Colorado, during the 80s, when everybody was partying. It's a party town. You know, it is a place where everybody vacations, and so it's a big party. And in the 80s, there was no um, conversation about drugs and alcohol with parents and kids. Um, I can recall going to some big parties where the parents were partying with us. So... um, At the age of 12, I began drinking, and then at the age of 13, I began smoking pot, and at first, it was a party, and then it just became habitual, and I partied when I was happy, and I partied when I was sad, and I just didn't do much without that crutch. Um, I went off the deep end several times in my 20s, but I could regain my footing, and I never fully felt like I was thriving. I was able to create a life, fall in love, and have two beautiful boys who I love dearly. But something was missing for me and it nagged at me. (laughs) Excuse me. I am a highly sensitive and empathetic human. And while I think many of us are, we are told when younger to stop our crying. Or comments like, oh, I wish you weren't so sensitive. And then questions like, why do you always take things so seriously? We shift and we try to change and we build walls around ourselves to stop allowing the real us from seeping out. 
drinking and drugs become a way to hide the real us. I'm an introvert by nature, probably 80% of the time, and an extrovert 20. I don't... I didn't understand that back in the day when I was partying that I could be whoever I wanted to be. Instead, I just wanted to fit in. And partying helped me to be extroverted and it helped me to have friends. Um, which is hard, you know? I think that that happens for a lot of young people and I think that that's the lure. Is um, it... If you don't have friends and you start drinking, it makes you talk a lot. And I had a herbal medicine teacher that once said, alcohol makes people deaf. And I highly agree with that because people don't want to listen to anybody but themselves when they have been drinking. Anyway, that's a little tangent, but... Ultimately, in the year of grieving from the loss of my dad, I drank and I smoked and I even created drama. I sat in pain instead of celebrating the life of my father. I remember coming home from a holiday meal at which I fought with family members, drank too much, and then that night I just lay in bed for hours feeling a wine buzz and feeling super depressed. I had been on Instagram on and off and had stumbled upon a woman who I watched um, in her life. She was sober and she was like living life. Um, She wasn't holed up in her home or unable to be social. Like she was sober and thriving. I was so intrigued and deeply desired to gain control of myself and feel even a slight resemblance of what this woman's level of success and happiness seemed to be. I was so nervous, but with the help of therapy and creating a mantra for my new life, clean, clear, and conscious, which I still use today because it just really reminds me of why I am sober. I went forward and I used the new year of 2016 to declare to my family that I was going to be sober, definitely for a year and maybe longer. Let me just say, when you announce something like, hey guys, I'm going to be sober, nobody looks at you and says, awesome, or at least nobody I know. Everybody seemed to feel threatened, like I was asking them to change. Some friends I've lost, and some of them I miss, but ultimately the choice has been about me living life on my terms and unapologetically. I was so sick of the constant shit-feeling roller coaster ride. I was tired of my children noticing me being weird or different and not in a good way. Tired of the drama, the stupid drunk conversations, and tired of the familial thread of alcoholism that runs through my family. I wouldn't say I was a full addict or alcoholic, but I was fully addicted to it being a crutch in my life, and I was tired of relying on something to make me feel. 
I began making small one degree shifts after I got sober. I started making myself get up early and exercise. I can tell you I almost barfed (laughs) Uh, numerous times. Never have I been an early riser and I still am not. But I can now do it and sometimes I even feel great doing it. The biggest thing that became immediately different for me was less alcohol running through my liver. Without a spleen, my immune system is relying on my liver to move toxins out of my blood. Less alcohol meant less congestion in my liver and slowly but surely my body became stronger and so did my immune system. I began eating healthier and experimenting with my macros and micros. I drank and I still drink a shake that is loaded full of vitamins and herbs and pre and probiotics. I sweat on average six days a week. I also began changing my mindset by going to therapy and tackling the built up stuff that was festering. And I read different mindset and personal development books. And then I would go eat a boatload of sugar because I'm human and we shift from ways in which we are comfortable. Even if those ways cause us pain, we sometimes can slip right back into those habits. And then we slowly remember that we don't want to be there anymore. So we fluctuate and we stretch and we slowly make it through our first holidays of the year without getting loaded. I was also only sick once that year because I wasn't hurting my immune system. In all reality, the hardest was the people in my life. People I thought were deep friends outright told me that they wouldn't be inviting me to things because they didn't want to party with someone who was sober. One person suggested I was too sensitive and shouldn't I make a different choice? Another declared that it was fine if I wanted to be sober, but don't expect me to change. Ugh, what I came to recognize through years of therapy and personal work is that those comments say more about them and less about me. I'm not going to say it didn't hurt. I'm not going to say it still doesn't hurt. But they were threatened. Change is hard. And it's okay. I was choosing me. And that was and still is huge for me every single day. I didn't love me and I didn't look at myself in the mirror and tell myself I was kind and beautiful and caring and smart and enough. I was so mean to myself. I haven't fully let go of that mean girl, but she doesn't show up that much anymore. And for that, the choice to love myself beats every loss I've suffered. During this first year of transformation, I enjoyed a couple liver cleanses. I've I've cleansed actually since I was a young girl. And that's probably, you know, part of it is wasn't coming from health. But another part of it was definitely coming from just taking a break from things and and trying to be healthy. Um, Let's see. Um, I was also um, private chefing for several clients 
and cooking party food, heavy, laden in saturated fats, sugar, and dairy. But I was seeing the brilliance of vegetables and a wider array of vegetables than broccoli and carrots. Truth be told, I've always been a major salad fan. I eat big bowls of salad. But I started playing with my salads and adding new and brilliant colored fruits and veggies. And the outcome was that they made me feel so good. I also began to reintroduce herbalism into my life. It's been a long time since I played with herbs, but I didn't want to use alcohol in tincture form, so I started with gentle, supportive teas and reimagined what I drank in by using plants to fortify my system. I adore nature and often feel that the use of plants brings me to spirit and connection to energy. As I open my heart and desire to be raw and connected, I found herbs and then began to connect even more with the vibration of color. What gives plants their amazing color is a list of antioxidants, and those help our bodies to fight the daily toxins of life, whether we purposely expose ourselves or are affected environmentally. So as I began to see more color on my plate, I began to see more color in my life. I truly believe that what goes in healthfully builds us from the inside out. Today, it has been almost the end of five years sober from alcohol. I will have my anniversary on January 5th, or sorry, January 1st, 2021. Um, And I have not smoked marijuana in that time either but i have used it medicinally and i've only used the cbd with no thc um, as a way to manage chronic pain Um, and chronic pain is another story that i'll talk about on sunday december 6th um, for my last episode of this series of three to help you understand a bit about why i'm here and why i'm doing this and talking about food as medicine Um, Today, though, I'm going to leave you with asking um, a little nutrition nugget. So my suggestion is for everyone to sit one minute and breathe with your eyes closed just before you eat a meal. Pause and take a moment to let the day wash over you. Release the negative thoughts and think to yourself how you would like to feel after you eat this meal. Enjoy the meal. Savor every bite. Pause and breathe rather than scarfing it down. At the end of the meal, I'm going to ask you to sit for a minute and connect with how you feel when you ate the food and how you feel after you have eaten the food. What was the vision you had for yourself and how you wanted to feel? Do these feelings match? Are they the same? Do you feel like you wanna go to sleep? Are you headed to the bathroom because your stomach is upset? Do you feel vibrant and ready to conquer what is in front of you with energy? Food is energy and it can dictate how you feel. Try this for your meals once a day or twice a day or even try it for a week. If you listen, you might be able to create a meal that makes you want to fly to the moon versus laying down in your room. 
head to itsybitsofhealth.com and leave me a note about what you've discovered during this process. Remember to make choices in all areas of your life that lift you up instead of knock you down. And much love to you all. And thank you so much for listening to me.